It's time for another episode of Let's Talk Business, featuring interviews with South Carolina business executives, community leaders, and government dignitaries. Let's Talk Business is a truly one-of-a-kind business-to-business talk show. And now, here's your host, longtime South Carolina business publisher, Rick Jenkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business South Carolina, episode number 12, as a matter of fact. I'm your host, Rick Jenkins, and I'm glad you found us. Glad you're here. We got a good show for you today. Going to be talking to two executives. One of them is Adrian Temple. Adrian is the Vice President of Training Programs at SCMEP, or the South Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership. I believe everyone knows who these guys are, but just in case, SCMEP is a nonprofit organization uh, that uh, their mission basically is to help manufacturers in South Carolina in any way those manufacturers need help, specifically uh, to help them uh, be more profitable and more streamlined. And uh, Adrian is going to be here. We always, we, we often have someone for SCMEP come in and talk to us. Uh, Andy Carr is the CEO over there, and, I, and I'm always happy to talk with someone from that organization because Andy has a wonderful staff, always extremely knowledgeable. And so Adrian will be joining us uh, here shortly. I'm also going to be talking to Mike Renner. Mike works for one of the coolest places in, uh, in South Carolina, and that is the BMW Performance Center, or the BMW Performance Racetrack, as I like to call it. If you go out to the Performance Center, you can jump in one of those hot rod BMWs and have a lot of fun with it. The ultimate driving machine, as they call it. And uh, you can take a group of people out there. You can go individually. You can take a group of people, take uh, your employees, do a little team building, go out, get in a car, drive around a track extremely fast, and have a whole lot of fun. I did it a couple times, and it was a blast. So I look forward to talking to Mike about that as well as Adrian. She'll be our first guest up here in just a minute. But before we go any further, we're going to take a quick 60-second break for a pro tip. Our financial expert, uh, Jeff Roman, will be here, and he's going to take just a few seconds to give you another financial tip. Jeff is with Thompson and Froman, and they are a financial uh, subsidiary of Ameriprise Financial Services. Jeff, take it away. This week, we're talking about high interest rates and debt. The Fed is raising interest rates to fight inflation, but it's costing you money in those higher interest rates. So let's look at some ways that you can fight this. First, save rather than borrow. CDs and money market funds and other short-term vehicles are paying very attractive rates. So it might make more sense to save that money rather than borrow more money. Consolidate into lower interest rate loans. If you have high interest rate credit cards, you may want to consolidate those into a lower interest rate loan, save you money and interest costs. There's plenty of companies out there to help you with that. Strategically paying off your debt. Pay off those high interest rate cards first to save money on the interest. Fourth is postponing new debt. If you're thinking about borrowing money to buy a house or a car, you may want to wait until interest rates moderate sometime late next year, I would think. And finally, establishing new borrowing capacity. This is a little counterintuitive. If you have assets you don't want to sell because you think they're worth more in the future, it might make sense to borrow money if you need it now using a home equity line of credit or a signature loan. Google Jeff Froman, Ameriprise. All right, Jeff Froman, thank you for that pro tip. We appreciate you. Welcome back to Let's Talk Business South Carolina, episode number 12. I'm here with our first guest, Adrian Temple. And Adrian is the Vice President of Training Programs at SCMEP. 
and they, of course, are the South Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership. As I said at the top of the show, SMEP is an extremely important organization, nonprofit organization in South Carolina, as their mission basically is to assist a manufacturer in the state in any way that manufacturer needs assistance. But they're here to help drive profitability and streamline and that type of thing for the organiz- for the manufacturing facilities. And uh, as I also mentioned, they're a part of NIS, uh, NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. They are funded at a national and a state level uh, by the uh, uh, United States and South Carolina Departments of Commerce. Adrian Temple, Vice President of Training Programs, welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It is good to have you. Uh, uh, I also said at the top of the show that I always love it when someone from SCMEP comes because um, uh, CEO over there, Andy Carr, a good friend, uh, always has a great staff, knowledgeable staff, and you guys are always impressive, and I'm sure this conversation is going to be no different. Thank you. Vice President of Training Programs. Tell me what that means. So my primary responsibility is not only our open enrollment classes, like our public offerings at our training centers, but then also we have an online platform that we started back in 2020. Um, So I was spearheading that effort. And so we continue now to offer a lot of online offerings, both virtual instructor-led as well as on demand. So I'm responsible for that as well. Tell me how long you've been with SCU. It'll be 10 years in January. 10 years. (laughs) My goodness. I would assume you like it. You love it. I love it. I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great staff over there. I'm sure you all have a lot of fun. You work out of the Greenville office? I'm actually in Columbia. You're in the Columbia mm-hmm. office now. We have headquartered in Greenville. Mm-hmm. Used to be headquartered in Columbia, if right. I remember right, mm-hmm. several years back. Yep. Uh, but because uh, Chuck Spangler at the time, I think, was in this area, and of mm-hmm. course now Andy Carr, I think the corporate office just kind of uh, uh, became here. And then you've also got uh, an office. Do you have one in the Low Country? We actually have a partner location with SCRA in Somerville. That's right. And they let us leverage that room. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. Before we get into talking more business, though, uh, where are you from? Are you from here? I'm originally from North Carolina. You're from North Carolina. Whereabouts? Sanford, North Carolina. Sanford, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar. How close is that to South Carolina? Um, It's probably a good three hours away. Okay, so we're not close. But you made your way to South Carolina at some point. Did you come here to work uh, at SMUP? No, actually, manufacturing brought me here. Okay. Yeah. So, you so you've been you've been in the manufacturing world for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, you all had an, did an annual survey yep. recently, right? Tell me what that survey was about. So, as a part of our relationship with NIST, we have a responsibility to report impacts of our services to any of our clients. So that's a regular activity that we would do with any client that's worked with us that's in the manufacturing sector. Okay. I, I, Excuse me, just one sec. Before you keep going with that, I want to make sure people understand what NIST is. Mm-hmm. National Institute of Standards and Technology, right? Mm-hmm. But tell us about NIST before we keep going down that road. So NIST is actually the organization underneath the U.S. Department of Commerce that oversees the National MEP program. Okay. So there's there are with them. 51 MEPs in, is that correct? Right. One in every state plus uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Okay, please keep going. Absolutely. So it's just one of those responsibility metric related types of things. So we are very much all about the metrics as a result of our services. So anyone who works with us will get a survey about six to nine months after the project has been completed and it's looking for tangible results. So um, retained sales, added sales, additional jobs, jobs that were retained, were they able to make more capital investment as a result of the services? It also asked some questions just about um, one of the things that we do always ask is what are the top three strategic challenges that you are anticipating over the next three years? So we're also looking for a little bit of climate 
um, in the ecosystem to see if there's things that we need to be paying attention to. So is the survey, is it, uh, hey, let's send everybody the survey out uh, this week, our annual survey, or as you say, it, it just comes on the heels of each individual facility that you're working with. Is that the way it works? Right. So it's, um, you won't all, you'll be surveyed only once a year. Yeah. Okay. But it is right after the close of a project or if they've gone to a class of ours, we will do that on a six to nine month cycle, but they'll only be surveyed one time in a year. And what does that survey, uh, what, what are some big takeaway items from that, from that survey? It actually turns into our scorecard, but it does show our overall statewide impact and some of the things that we impact within the survey, like those jobs retained, but we had a $3.33 billion impact statewide um, over the last reporting year. Three and a quarter, a little better than three and a quarter billion dollars of impact. How is that measured? How is that measured? Um, purely by the survey and the results of our clients that worked with us. That's the impacts they report. Um, so when they are doing the survey, I'm just wondering how we get to three and a quarter billion dollars. How do they figure out what that impact is from their perspective? How do they put a dollar figure to it? And that's always a tough question with the survey, to be honest with you, is to sit down and say, let's talk about tangible results. And a lot of times the survey may actually, that survey period may encompass a few different things that we've done with them. But we're looking at, you know, especially with sales, were there things that you were able to pursue you otherwise wouldn't have been eligible for? Like, for instance, an ISO 9001 certification, maybe that opened doors. They will try to sometimes account for that the sales that came with having that certification or things that they would have lost in terms of sales had they not retained their certification. So sometimes it really comes from, you know, some of them have really good measurements for it. Others are looking for a general estimate of impact. So it, it, it kind of is all over. We just kind of try and get them to understand yep. how, yeah, how do you, how do you tie this back to the services that we did? And what do you feel that our impact as a part of that exercise was? Yeah. Got it. So, you know, every industry, one of the most important topics in every industry these days is workforce. <laughs> and it certainly is no different in the manufacturing industry. As a matter of fact, you could probably make an argument that it is uh, the most important topic year after year for most of these manufacturers. Got to find good good folks, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not only important uh, to be able to find the workforce, it is just as or more important to retain the workforce that you have. Absolutely. Tell me what you all are finding out in that regard. Um, we will say from that survey, we do collect that information about strategic challenges. So you're absolutely right. In the top three is definitely the employee recruitment retention challenge. They've self-identified, right? Um, we've had a lot of discussions when we're with clients about what their challenges are. Recruitment retention are the two R's, right, that they're really focused on. Um, and people are starting to, to really be concerned about how am I going to be able to draw in new folks as I see transition in my business, right? You have a lot of folks that have been in manufacturing for many years, where I came from. We had a lot of people that were celebrating 45, 50 years, and they, they've been with the organization since they were 17. Right. Uh, you don't see that as much anymore, and some of those people are exiting the workforce. Where's my pipeline? How am I going to get more people in? It's a real concern for a lot of folks. How does SCMEP assist with, uh, with workforce and trying to help find people? I mean, it seems like, excuse me, but, um, you know, I talk to folks within the technical college system a whole lot mm -hmm. about how closely they work with manufacturers throughout South Carolina and the types of things that the tech system does to be able to train folks and make them prepared to take these jobs. Mm -hmm. How does SCMEP fit into that? A lot of it would be looking at, especially from recruitment strategies, let's talk about what are your job postings, what are your job descriptions look like? That's how are practice you practice Right. It's 
It's things that honestly, having been in manufacturing for many years myself, it's really not something we go back and revisit. You know, it's kind of a one and done. So we don't go back and look at the evolution of the workforce and how things have changed in our business. And it really is a best practice exercise. But we start looking at what's happening in the ecosystem. What are you really looking for versus what you would like to have? You mentioned uh, the two R's a minute ago, uh, mm -hmm. re recruitment and retention, mm -hmm. right? I believe there's a third R in there that I've heard you all talk about, and that is reputation. reputation. Yes. Talk yes. about it. Um, a lot of people don't realize it, but, and I often say this myself, but with, when there's not something being said, it leaves area for false narratives. So people may tell your story if you're not telling your own. I think there's an opportunity for manufacturers more than ever today to sort of be more transparent about who they really are, what their values are, um, how their employees feel about them, right? Because otherwise people may start to spin a different narrative because they don't really know. So you need to make your organization more visible, especially those that can, sharing it on your website, on LinkedIn and social. Give people an idea of what you're really about and why people work with you and, and giving outreach to the community and how you embed yourself there. So there's so many opportunities that are very low touch that you could do. But reputation is really important, especially if you're looking for opportunities to become a part of your community, start getting more folks that live in that area to work there. You need to work on that third R. There is a big conference coming up here. As a matter of fact, once this episode drops, it'll be about a week after the after the drop date called South Tech. South Tech uh, uh, comes to Greenville once every other year, mm -hmm. and it is in Charlotte on the off year that it's not in Greenville. And I, I believe that SCMEP is hosting uh, an event there, some type of uh, discussion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, tell me what's going on at South Tech. So we're super excited. This is the first time that we've ever done this, but we've been given the opportunity to host a panel. It is Workforce Day that day, so it's very convenient that we're talking about that. We're going to have a keynote, which will actually be Executive Director William Floyd from SC Duke. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have a panel of manufacturers. And I think the real focus here for us is to be able to do storytelling about what manufacturers are doing, innovative, creative solutions to address their own workforce challenges. Because we can talk a lot about the, you know, all of the problems and challenges that are out there, and it, some things might not be within our control. This is all about manufacturers. We have a lot of upstate manufacturers for this particular conference sharing stories about what our challenge was, and we decided to take it head on, and whether that's technology or change in practice or some other innovative solutions, it's an opportunity for them to share that with others. Um, do you remember what day of the conference? That's, is that a two-day or a three-day It's a three-day. It'll three be the day. very first day. It's Workforce Day, October 24th. Morning, afternoon? It's afternoon home. after okay. at lunch, so 1 to 2.30. Got it. And I would assume if people go to the South Tech website, they can uh, uh, they can uh, register for that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We'd love to have them. Okay. I bet you would. Okay. <laughs> so you mentioned William Floyd uh, with SC Do. He was on the show here a couple uh, of episodes ago, and we were talking about Workforce. Uh, really impressive guy. And I think he's going to do a really good job. Of course, he replaces uh, Dan Elsey uh, not too long ago. Let's talk about training programs some more. Um, if I'm a manufacturer and I go to the SCMEP website, which is scmep.org, mm -hmm. and I go to the SCMEP website, what am I going to find there? Am I going to be able to peruse a large list of uh, whatever it is that I might be looking for or might I call Adrian and say, Adrian, I don't see this. Can you do that for me? All of the above. Um, so we do have our website organized in a way that whether you're looking for specific consulting services, you can actually look at a full list of our training consulting services. But obviously, as you know, it doesn't stop there. So if you call us, can you do this one thing? 
pretty much the answer is probably yes, but um, we would certainly ask anyone who can't find what they're looking for. There's a contact form there. It'll be routed to the appropriate party at SCMEP and someone will get in touch with you immediately. But yes, it's all about tra- all of our training courses are there, all of our new programs, our new assessments, and our workforce development playbook is there for download. So a lot of options for folks that are looking for solutions. You all also put out, if I remember right, a, uh, a weekly newsletter with bunches of information on it, mm-hmm. and uh, we will uh, make sure that that is on the screen right now so people know how to go to your website and sign up for that. Adrian, really good information. Yeah. I appreciate My you being pleasure. here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are welcome. I always say, every time I talk to uh, folks at uh, SCMEP, I always tell uh, the audience that uh, manufacturers in South Carolina do not have a better friend uh, than our good friends at SCMEP, and uh, they do a wonderful job for, uh, for that industry. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with another guest, Mike Renner, who is with the BMW Performance Training Center. But before we do that, we're going to uh, take a second to hear a 60-second pro tip. Uh, we heard from Jeff Froman a little bit ago. Now we're going to hear from John Connell. John is an attorney and a partner at Burr and Foreman, and he is going to uh, share some legal do's and don'ts with you. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Thank you again, Rick. Again, my name is John Cannell, and I'm an attorney with Burn Foreman in Greenville, South Carolina. Another common legal issue that I see facing a lot of businesses of any sizes is classifying each of their employees as a salaried employee. And the reason that this becomes an issue is that there's a federal law called the Fair Labor Standards Act. And the Fair Labor Standards Act specifically states that a salaried employee can only be one that is meets a salary threshold and that threshold is $35,568 and meets a specific duties test and the duties test is always the thing that holds up a lot of employers with respect to the duties you got to identify several different exemptions and some of those exemptions include hiring and managing two or more employees and also discussion about what specific job duties they hold Therefore, before identifying and classifying all of your employees as a salaried employee, I recommend that you reach out to us just to make sure each and every employee is being paid correctly and that you are not in violation of any federal law. Welcome back, everyone, to Let's Talk Business South Carolina. I am joined now by Mike Renner. Mike is uh, with Corporate Sales uh, at the BMW Performance Center or the BMW Performance racetrack, as I like to call it. He is also a driving instructor out there. And I'll tell you what, before I introduce Mike and I start talking to him, we're going to take a quick little break. I want to show you a video. It's only 30 seconds long. It'll kind of get you all revved up. No pun intended. Uh, So watch this and we'll be right back. I told you that was a lot of fun, right? Just a little 30-second clip to give you an idea of what the BMW Performance Center is all about. Joined with, uh, I'm joined now with uh, Mike Renner. Mike, again, is uh, with Corporate Sales and a driving instructor at a BMW Performance Center. Mike, I got to tell you, you might have the coolest job in South Carolina. Well, you know, Rick, I hear that a lot. <laughs> I mean, everybody tells me that. And you know what? I have to agree. I've been very, uh, very fortunate. 
Um, it's something I'm very passionate. It's I've always enjoyed cars and driving from a long time, and to be able to be in work that involves that and get paid to do what I enjoy is great. That's right. Now, you are a driving instructor out there. We're going to tell everybody what it's all about here in a second, but how long have you been a driving instructor at the Performance Center? So I started when they opened in 99. Oh, okay. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. And do you drive cars every single day? Or are there days when you might not get in a car? Well, personally, there are days when I might not. Like today, I was mainly in the office. But uh, I try to get in a car. You know, it's like any other skill. If you don't keep practicing, you know, if you play golf rarely, <laughs> you don't play so well. So, right. So right. sometimes there are days I like, you know, I need to go out and drive a little bit. But I, I drive quite a bit. All right. So, f folks, let's talk about it. If you are not familiar with the BMW Performance Center, I went there a few years ago, and I went there with some other folks, and they said, Rick, you got to come out and check this out. I'd always heard of the, of the Performance Center, but it was the first time I was there. So I jumped in a car with one of the driving instructors, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the guy's name now. And he took me on what you call it a hot lap, right? right? Took me on a hot lap, which means this guy got in that car and drove it as fast as he could around this track and squealed around the corners, and it was the coolest thing ever. And then I got to drive it a little bit. Um, so my... You can come up to the Performance Driving Center on your own as an individual. I think you can take your own car there once you buy it, right, and drive it? We have the delivery program, so if you order a car from any dealer in the country, right. you can opt to pick it up there. And there's things like free night in a hotel with you and your guests, dinner, tour of the museum, exactly. and so forth. Uh, but when you're driving there to pick your car up, we have one like the one you're going to pick up. So we keep yours clean yeah. and the tire's in good shape. And so if you buy a car, you can go out there and you can get in that car that is like yours yep. and take it for a spin yep. and kind of get used to it before you jump in yours. Now, you can also go out there with a team, right? You you can, uh, you know, if you're a CEO, you could take your team out there for a little team building exercise. Absolutely. The corporate programs and group events have been very popular. Um, it's fun. It's challenging. It's safe. I mean, we've never had any kind of injury in our corporate programs. People love it. It does bring the group together. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of repeat uh, business from that because it's so popular. How many people come to the Performance Center every year? So, good question. We have been busy throughout the years, but uh, last year was kind of off the charts. We had 19,000 people drive with us just at this center. And we have another center that we opened up near Palm Springs in Thermal, California about seven years ago. So, there's 19,000 people driving with us just in Greer. 19,000 yeah. people came out over the course of, uh, was this 2022? Yes. And uh, my gosh, I can't even imagine. I mean, we're talking, you know, what, 1,500 uh, a month or something like that. Uh, do they? I would assume with that many people, it's got to be people coming in, in groups to, to have a little bit of group fun. Well, we have a variety of programs, right? We have programs for the teen drivers, the new drivers, and, and that's typically you know, 15 people. Then we have the car control skills classes. You can sign up as an individual for these programs. We have the M School, which is geared a little more toward the enthusiast driver. Uh, so those are usually 15, 18 people, but we do them a lot. But the big numbers typically come from the corporate programs. And, you know, we're set up for the corporate events or, or group events. We can host a group as small as eight or 10 or as large as 125. And you might be thinking, if you had 125, does anybody get to drive? It actually works well. We set up with driving stations, we split them into groups, and they, they drive and then they make their way to the next event. So they're mingling with their maybe their colleagues or their customers, and it really works great. Uh, before we go any further, I want to play another short little video for you. Uh, that last one was about 30 seconds. This one is about 60 seconds, and it just gives you uh, 
uh, some footage of folks who were there as part of a, a corporate team that might come out to have a little bit of fun. Uh, let's watch that. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, right? Another fun video. I'm here with Mike Renner. Mike is with Corporate Sales and the driving instructor and a driving instructor at the BMW Performance Center. Okay, you mentioned a minute ago, Mike, um, the M School. Tell me what that is. So M in our brand stands for motorsport. Okay. And with the cars, it's the highest performing variant of that given model. It's not just sportier seats and different wheels. It's more horsepower, more braking capability, more aggressive handling. It's for the enthusiast driver. So as a result of having those models, we also have EM schools, and that's geared toward more toward the enthusiast driver. All of our programs are about teaching the drivers to be a better driver, to control the car, to manage your grip in the tire. Um, but we're in the car control. It's a blend. You do some safety driving, how to avoid things on the road. This is geared more toward the enthusiast driver. Okay, so if I wanted to come out there and take some classes, uh, what you go online, you, uh, you register, kind of thing, and you become uh, you go into a class. Uh, you can't do it individually, right? So you you wait until you fill up a class. Is that the way that works? Well, we schedule classes, and then you know we, we're open. It's pretty rare that they're not full. It's kind of like the airlines these days; all the planes are full. Right. Um, so you, you know we have scheduled dates for those individual programs, and you just go on the line bmwperformancecenter.com and pick the date you want and uh, come out and drive with us. All right. So if I come out there. Uh, what am I going to get to do? Well, um, depending on the program, again, the yeah. car control skills class is uh, emergency lane change, skid control, uh, uh, negotiating a slalom. So we're teaching the important things like looking where you want to go. The big mistake that most drivers make, they only look where the car is going. Yeah. So, and again, the car control is a little bit of a blend of safe driving and enthusiasts. The M school, a little higher speed stuff, cornering drills. We're teaching you how to brake and negotiate a corner properly. Uh, we use our skid pad there. We teach you how to catch a slide. And if you can start to work on that a little bit, we also teach you how to drift the car. Right. Uh, when I went out there, uh, a, a guy was showing me, one of the instructors like Mike here, he was showing me how to do that. And he would go into a curve and, and, and the car would begin to skid. And so he was just giving me lessons on, on how not to panic when it skids, right? Turn into it a little bit, turn back the other way into it. It was a lot of fun and very interesting. So if you go out as part of the M school, uh, how, how long is this? Uh, does it take a day or is there classes that occur uh, over a period of time? How's that work? We have one and two day programs for the M school Got and it. also for the car control and the teen programs. Yeah. So you can choose there, you know, usually show up at 8.30 and goes to about four o'clock and they're scheduled throughout the year. So people can also uh, do what they call a hot lap, right? 
or is that only the instructors that will take you on that? Well, the instructors do the, provide the hot laps. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you jump in a car with someone like you, and you just go really fast. How, fa how fast do you get that car up on that straightaway? You know, everybody asks me that question. I usually don't look at the speed, but on our typical hot lap course, there's a lot of curves in it, so yeah. there's no huge straight, but probably 90 miles an hour, something like that. And people enjoy it. Uh, we enjoy it because it shows to the participants just how amazing the cars are. Yeah. And the great thing about it is, Rick, a car that will handle well, that will be fast on our track, that translates to a safer car on the road because the car is more responsive to the driver. So all that fun stuff out there really does have a practical side. You know, when I went, it certainly felt like we were going a lot faster than 90. Of course, he was hitting curves at a, you know. It's always faster in the passenger seat. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I, there's a video of me somewhere on that hot lap of kind of yelling out loud a little bit. Um, uh, whoops of enjoyment, as a matter of fact. Um, okay, so if you buy a car, if you buy a BMW, you can also, as you say, schedule to pick it up there. Mm -hmm. And your car is nice and perfect and pretty sitting here, but right. here's another one that you can you can learn to drive. Now, what vehicles are there that, uh, what types of models are there that you can drive? Is it anything that you might purchase or only certain types? Oh, no. We, if you're there for the delivery program, we have a model. I mean, it might not be the exact color or whatever, but close enough. We have a model for everyone that you're going to purchase there. And so the way it works is, again, you make the deal with, if you live in, we have people come in from all over. We had two ex-college buddies flying from Hawaii. When I'm in order to X5, they picked it up and drove across the country. Um, so uh, we have people that come in from all over to experience that. And it's, a, in my opinion, it's a great product. Typically, you know, if the people decide to purchase the car, they want it. But once they drive the car in the manner we do, they learn more about it and it makes them appreciate it that much more. I would guess that you sell a lot of cars just from people who come out there, take part of the program, whatever driving school they take part in is like, oh my gosh, you call it the ultimate driving machine, BMW, right? And it sells itself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That happens quite often. I mean, we've had people at lunch calling back to their dealer and say, hey, I'm interested in this five series or this yeah. seven or whatever. So we we don't sell cars there, but we sell, but you cars. sell cars there. Well, of course we you sell do. a lot of them. Of course yeah. you do. Now yeah. you are speaking of sales. You are in corporate sales. Mm -hmm. What does that mean exactly? So I arrange and uh, you know plan the corporate and group programs. It could be corporate. We've had wedding parties, family reunions, um, you name it. Uh, birthday. We had a big uh, family for a big birthday outing. So it doesn't have to be corporate. You have given me some ideas, and I can't believe that that I forgot to say this, but this is a good time to say it. If you look up on the screen behind me, you see that Douglas McGrath uh, is listed there, uh, and Douglas is in uh, marketing corporate sales. Doug was supposed to be here, but something happened at the very last minute, and I didn't even have time to take his, his name off, so I told him we would give him a little bit of love here. Uh, you and Doug both are in corporate sales. How many other folks might be in, in corporate sales? Well, for this office, just the two of us. Just the two of us. Yeah. So those 19,000 people that came through, by and large, you and you and Doug pulled them in? It was certainly a big portion of it. And, you know, some of that is the schools, and we don't arrange those. You, again, you just go online and sign up for the program. But, yeah, the corporate is the bigger portion of that number of 19,000. So, yeah, right. very busy. Yeah, I bet it is. Um, so tell me, if I go online, and, and what's the website again? BMWPerformanceCenter.com. BMWPerformanceCenter.com. We'll have it up on the screen for you. If I go online, 
I would assume that all the options that I have to be able to come out, have a lot of fun, drive cars, are right there in terms of the different schools, the different classes, and that kind of thing. Availability, everything. Yeah. What if I'm a CEO and I want to bring my team out? Can I go on there and also see what the availability is? So what you can do is you can contact them and they can get in touch with us or just remember Doug and I, and right. and uh, we'll be glad to take care of them. Okay. We'll make sure that we put Mike and Doug's uh, e email uh, up on the screen. You're probably seeing it right now. And even though Doug is not here, we'll give him some love so people can choose between Mike and Doug. Doug, you're welcome. <laughs> Mike, man, really good stuff. Thank you, Rick. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, buddy. It was a good conversation. Now, that is the kind of business that I like to talk. Folks, that concludes another episode of Let's Talk Business. That was episode number 12. Glad you joined us. We'll see you next time.